Welcome to the Bethesda Christian Church Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information about this podcast and other resources, visit yourbcc.org or download our mobile app from the App Store. Happy Father's Day to all the fathers. Again, I just want to uh, share my uh, thoughts to you. Happy Father's Day. And also, too, just to say, uh, I just want to echo what Julie said. Thank you to all of you who welcomed us last week. It really was, uh, it, it just, our hearts overflowed. You touched us and blessed us, and we do just appreciate it so much. And that just rolled into uh, our first official week, which was outstanding. It really was a f- fantastic week. Uh, we you know, start every Monday with our staff and of we prayed with our staff, and uh, as the week unfolded on uh, Wednesday, I had a great time because I left the, uh, the meeting in the dining room, and I went to the Way Student Ministries, and they were waiting for me because they sort of challenged me. They were having a war, and they asked me to come to the war. It was the Water Wars, and... Uh, the way student ministries, well, I'll just say I lost. They baptized me, and uh, it was a lot of fun. But at the end, uh, lo and behold, a big barrel comes in full of water. But it was really a great time. I loved it. I enjoyed it with uh, all the students in the way. And then on Thursday, our men's group met, and we had a great time of fellowship. We had uh, some good barbecue some of the ladies of the church stepped up and said they would uh, take care of us, and they did. They went over the top. It was phenomenal. And then later, that actually was, I guess, uh, about 3 o'clock on Friday morning, the uh, Ecuador team was uh, meeting here on the church property to go to Ecuador. And uh, that's where my two daughters are on Father's Day, so they're out there in the, in the mission field. And then we've heard Parkway Christian School state champions in the baseball. That was, I mean, what a way to round out the week. It really was excellent. So I hope it just continues along uh, because Bethesda is an excellent church. You're a great congregation and uh, we are just, we're just loving it. I want to begin this morning uh, with a little story uh, about a church down the road. It's a church down at uh, M59 in Shaner which we've, uh, we've met, and over the past few years, uh, some of our ministries, our students have gone down to uh, its Heritage Church, and they've shared a couple of nights of, uh, uh, of worship. But there at uh, Heritage, they have another church under their umbrella. It's called Hope Church. And I didn't know this, but I became acquainted with Hope Church a couple of months ago when... I was in the office, and it was almost as if the sun was blasting out of Reverend Barry's office. And I thought, what in the world is going on in that office? It was not just as if there was a light shining out of the office door, but there was this overflowing, effervescent conversation and laughter, and I could also hear uh, Pastor Julie's voice. Doesn't that sound nice? 
Pastor Julie, you can say Pastor Julie. She was in there and I poked my head in because I just couldn't take it anymore. They were having so much fun and I needed to be a part of this. And I, if you've never been in our offices, mine was is way up front by the receptionist desk and Reverend Barry's is as far away from mine as it can be down the hall. But here I heard all of this just wonderfulness flowing from his office and I had to find out what was going on. So I walked down the hall and I poked my head in and uh, Barry and Julie, they're talking to these two men about the Lord and they are just, they're just overflowing. You could feel the spirit. And I met these two men, uh, Pastor Avdal and his associate Marwan, and they were telling their story Marwan was from Iraq, Christian, and uh, he fled persecution. He had gangrene on his leg. The Lord healed him as he trekked across, uh, really basically walked across Europe, from what I understand, and miraculously was able to get over to the United States. He worked for a number of years at a television station, and then he met Avdal. Avdal began this church at uh, Hope Church Uh, over two years ago uh, to reach out to the Arab-speaking people in and around our community. And his church is growing. And he is such a passionate man. He is so passionate about the, the Lord. He just wants to share the love of Jesus Christ with everybody. And that's how he started his church. He was at a food pantry and there was some people there that uh, their native language was Arabic, and he just started translating for them as they were at the food pantry, and he led them to the Lord. And he thought, well, I'm just going to keep coming back to this place. And it was connected to Heritage Church, and anyway, they said, why why do you want to just come to the food pantry? Why don't you Start holding some services here. And a partnership was formed, and they have Hope Church, and it's growing. growing. And they shared with us that last year, they did a festival, uh, a Christian festival for Arabic-speaking people. And they showed us some videos and some pictures, and it was amazing. Last year, uh, there's a picture of their festival. One of the nights they did Friday, Saturday, Sunday, they have a capacity for 850 people and they were packed. They were wall-to-wall, standing room only. Uh, And they also uh, ministered to the children. They had a couple hundred children each night and they said, you know what? We're here because we'd like to have a bigger facility to hold our festival. And what do you think about this? And you know what? We, it seemed as if the Lord just knit our hearts together even before they, they talked about this. You know, it doesn't matter your color. It doesn't matter uh, where you were born, race, creed, color. It doesn't matter your gender. There are no, no Jew, no Greek, no bond, no f- nor free, nor male or female. We are all one in Christ Jesus. And these two men, they just have a passion and they want to uh, minister and share the gospel with as many people as they possibly can. So they said, we have a vision of filling every seat in your building. Not only that, we figure we're going to need a little bit of overflow. So 
as we talked and we reconnected sometime after that, we agreed that Bethesda Christian Church will host the Live Free Conference 2016. And and it's right around the corner. It's really a month from today, July 15th, July 16th and 17th, a Friday, Saturday, Sunday. They're going to hold three meetings that begin at 7 o'clock each night. And their prayer is that every seat in this sanctuary will be filled. And I'll tell you what, I'm going to be here because I want to, even though I'm not going to understand a word that they say, when I watch them worship God and he, uh, he said, they're saying Jesus. And I understood only the word Jesus because it was similar to Yeshua. And I understood that, but it was amazing the crowd saying, Jesus, 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 as they worshiped. It was wonderful. So I want to be here and I want this sanctuary, I want to see it filled to the rafters with souls praising Jesus Christ. And you know, amen. Yes, thank you. We could, uh, we could use some help. And I am inviting all of you, if you could even one night, whether it's Friday, Saturday, Sunday, July 15, 16, or 17, we need some help. We, we told them we'll take care of the parking lots. We want to take care of areas where the language won't really be a barrier. So we can direct cars. We can get them into the parking lots because the parking lot we anticipate will be full. And we also want to help with some ushering and uh, perhaps some people just in the facility to direct folks to the restrooms and where they're going to have the children. If you would uh, do that, if you could do it, if it's on your heart to just, I say it's like this, it's a short-term mission trip right here at your own church. It is. You know, my daughter's just got on an airplane to go to Ecuador to minister to people who speak another language and to share Jesus Christ with them. Well, we all have an opportunity to do that right here next month to a group of people in and around our own community. These are people that might be your neighbors. You might cross paths with them who knows where in the community. But they need Jesus Christ. They need to hear the gospel. And and Pastor Avdal and uh, Marwan, they have been promoting this, and I believe that their vision is going to come true and this building will be full. And not only that, full of uh, people all the way to the balconies, but 500 children. We have plans for the dining rooms to be used for the children. If you could think of it as a short-term mission trip, you don't have to buy a plane ticket. You don't have to make reservations. All you need to do is get in your car and drive to church and you can minister to people who need to hear the gospel. So think about that. Uh, why are we doing it? Why, why, why did we agree to this? It's because these folks need to hear the gospel. They need to hear it. And I just want to read to you what's part of their promotional literature. At least they, they have it in Arabic and they also have it in English. The English version reads this way. This spiritual festival emphasizes biblical teaching for the entire family. 
Live Free will offer hope, encouragement, instruction, and inspiration from God's word. It is our desire for everyone to discover the freedom of a relationship with Jesus Christ, learn what the Bible teaches about growing in his love, and then see how this can be lived out and demonstrated to others. It's a great mission statement. I love it, and I hope you can be a part of it because they need Jesus Christ just like we all need Jesus Christ. We need Jesus as he was presented in the Gospels. We need uh, Jesus this morning. And this morning, as I move on, it's Father's Day, and I want to share with you about Jesus and his Father. Not so much... uh, a talk this morning about earthly fathers, but about our, about our heavenly father. The Gospel of John opens with a, some of the most famous verses of the Bible, but it speaks about the father. And I, I want to share, first of all, from John chapter 1, verses 11 to 14. John writing, this is before Jesus' ministry. It's just really the opening of his Gospel. In saying of Jesus, he says this, He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave them the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision, or a husband's will, but born of God. The word became flesh, And he made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. Later in John's Gospel, we read Jesus' words. John records the sayings of Jesus. And he explains this very idea that John introduced here in chapter 1 about being born of God, not of some natural uh, descent. There was a Pharisee named Nicodemus, John chapter 3. And Jesus said to him, you must be born again. Nicodemus was confused. He didn't understand. He said, What's, how do I do this? Do I need to go back into my mother's womb? It doesn't make sense. And Jesus said, flesh gives birth to flesh. And I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about a spiritual Experience. Spirit gives birth to spirit, Jesus said. And to be born of the spirit is to be born of God. Not a natural line, not a natural father, not a natural mother, not a natural descent. It's spiritual. It's a spiritual descent. And what does it yield? What is it? What occurs for us? What's the result? John said it in the first chapter. We have a right to become children of God. It yields this, this this idea of being born again, receiving the Spirit. And before we read any of the words of Jesus, any of his sayings, before Jesus ever speaks of, this is my Father's house, when he's talking to the Pharisees who've turned it into a marketplace, or before Jesus says, we need to worship the Father in spirit and in truth, before He said, my life, the life of the Son, comes from the Father. Before Jesus said, the Father sent me, the Father sent the Son. 
before he said, it's my father who raises the dead. Before he said any of these things and any, other, any of the other uh, references that Jesus made to his father in heaven, John revealed it in the opening salvo of his gospel. The words of Jesus uh, using this picture of a parent-child relationship, John had already told his readers, and he tells us, if we believe in Jesus Christ, we can have, we can have that parent-child relationship with God. So it doesn't matter if we're orphaned. It doesn't matter if our father abandoned us. It doesn't matter if we had a great and wonderful father. There is a better more perfect father, our father in heaven, and we can be called children of God. That's an amazing thing. All the gospels, all the gospels, not just John's gospel, give us this beautiful image of the parent and the child relationship depicting God as the father, Jesus as the son. That picture is used throughout the Gospels as an example to all of us. God the Father, he is the God who was before. He's the same yesterday. He is the same today. He is the same forever. He is the God of the Old Testament. He's the God of the New Testament. In the Old Testament, in Psalm 119, verse 94, the psalmist writes, I am yours. Save me. He's saying to God, I understand this. I am yours. It's not the full full, uh, revelation of of a parent and a child, but he's pouring out his heart to God saying, I am yours. And we all can echo that saying from Psalm 119 this morning. We can say, Father, I am yours. Save me. We saw some great fathers in the opening video. You know, and Reverend Barry mentioned the one guy that was, he was asleep on the couch and he reaches out with one hand and he catches his child just before it seems she's going to hit the floor. Has he got eyes behind his head? I don't know. But I'll tell you what, my father in heaven, he's got eyes all over. He doesn't miss a thing. And we saw some great saves in that video, some great dad saves. But our Father in heaven, he's the ultimate saver. The book of Hebrews tells us those who come unto him through Christ, God is able to save to the uttermost. And when Jesus was facing his execution, knowing, knowing full well what was going to occur, He was going to be nailed to a cross. He went into the garden to pray. Jesus was full God, but he was also fully human. In this garden called Gethsemane, Jesus was in agony, knowing what he was going to face. And he began to pray. He began to pray. And in the Gospel of Mark, there is this recorded prayer of Jesus. And it's the only gospel that records it this way. It's Mark chapter 14, verse 36, where Jesus is in the garden and he cries out to his father. He says, Abba, Father, he said, 
everything is possible for you. Take this cup from me. Yet not what I will, but what you will. In in the moment of that prayer, in what was recorded here by Mark, Jesus didn't just say, Father. He said, Abba, Father. And it's an interesting addition. It's the only time we read it in the Gospels. It's the one time the word shows up in the Gospels, and it only shows up only two other times in the New Testament. It's difficult when we have a word like that, and it only shows up a couple times or two or three times to really find a definition. We need to search around other uh, sources, discover how people use this word, because it's not uh, a Hebrew word. It's not a Greek word. It's a, a Chaldee word or the Syriac language. And Mark uses it this one time, and Paul used it in his letter to the Romans, and Paul used it in his letter to the Galatians. That's it. So it's sometimes a little difficult. But we, in, in researching, scholars have found this, is, this word had a specific meaning. And you might have heard that Abba is a term of endearment, that it's akin to, let's say, our English uh, daddy or papa or something that was a more affectionate term for a father. And it seems that this word is it's somewhat that, but that's not the full scope of it. That's not the, the, the real meat of the definition. It has more to do with whose you are. Not who you are, but who you belong to. In the first century, there were many households and people who had servants. And they also had slaves. It was the culture. Now, for a servant or a slave to call the master of the house father, that was prohibited. That was something that a slave or a servant could not do because they didn't belong to that person as a rightful heir. To, to address the head of the house as a father, you're saying, I'm an heir. So in these sp- Syriac-speaking cultures, they had this word Abba, and it was used to address a father, but only by his legitimate and authentic heirs. And that's, of course, most often natural-born children. So if a slave or a servant used this word, they were either out of line or it really meant something. And it would mean that they had been adopted into the family. They had been taken in. And now they belonged Now they were authentic. Now they were true. They were really heirs now. And they could say, Abba, I am a legitimate son. I have full rights as an heir. And when Jesus said, Abba, when he said, Abba, Father, he was punctuating the authenticity of his sonship. He was the true son of God. And he said, Abba. And all who receive him, all who receive Jesus, to those who believe on his name, he gave the same right to become children of God. 
the right to say, Abba, the right to declare, I am true. I am an authentic child of the living, almighty God, the Father. And, and this is not just something that we can pull out of what Jesus said. If it was our only reference in the Bible, we might have to be drawing these conclusions. But we see that the Apostle Paul used this word Abba in Galatians, the letter he wrote to the church in Gaul. And he also used it in the letter he wrote to the church at Rome. Galatians chapter 4, Romans chapter 8. And they're really parallel scriptures. Paul, in essence, says some of the same things in both of these passages. So I just want to focus on one of them. I want to read some from uh, Romans chapter 8. But before I do that, just a little bit of background about these uh, this passage in Romans 8. It's preceded by Romans 7. And Romans 7 and Roman, Romans 8, they are a couple of the most profound uh, passages, chapters in the New Testament. Romans 7 is the Apostle Paul's uh, testimony where he just pours out his guts, really. He is wrestling with sin. And he relates that no matter what he does, no matter how hard I try, no matter what I do, I fail. He says, what I hate to do, I find myself doing. He is failable human flesh, just like me, just like all of us. And the chapter ends sort of on this depressing note you might think all is lost. He writes, Oh, wretched man that I am, who will save me from the body of this death? Ah, what a downer. But when chapter 8 opens, when chapter 8 opens, we read, Therefore, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. There is no condemnation for those in Christ Jesus. This is why we want to share the gospel with all. This is why we want to fill this place and see people worshiping God and coming to Jesus Christ for the first time. There is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus because through Jesus Christ, the law of the Spirit who gives life has set you free from the law of sin and death. That's what Paul writes in the opening of chapter 8. So it's a great turn of events. From the agony of his, of his pain of conscience to, to this glorious way out. And then Paul writes these fantastic words in Romans 8 verses 14 to 17. He says, For those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. The Spirit you received does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship. And by him we cry, Abba, Father. The spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Now, if we are children, then we are heirs. Heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. If indeed we share in his sufferings in order that we, all, that we may also share in his glory. If chapter 7 presents the struggle 
of conscience, chapter 8 presents the solution to the struggle in all the fullness of God. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, by Christ the Son, were reconciled to God the Father. And with the power, with the power of the indwelt Holy Spirit, we can cry, we can say, we can declare, Abba. Abba, Father. This is what the apostle writes. The, the, the Holy Spirit testifies with our spirit that we're God's children. And if we are children, then we are heirs. We are heirs with Jesus Christ. We are uh, heirs to God with Jesus. And if we share in his sufferings, what did Paul wrote? We also share in his glory. And isn't that magnificent? So I say this to you, suffering. Suffering is no evidence that God is angry with you. Suffering is not evidence that God has turned his back on you and he's, he's angry with you. No, suffering is evidence that you're a child of God. As we count it all joy, it's our adoption into the family of God. I didn't know what Reverend Barry was going to open with this morning, but it lines up right with this. He read from Hebrews chapter 12. Endure hardship as discipline. God is treating you as, what, as a slave? God is treating you as a servant? No, God is treating you as children. If you are not disciplined, then you are illegitimate children and not true sons. So discipline comes from God. For our training, no discipline seems pleasant at the time, but painful. Later on, however, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained by it. Our Heavenly Father wants us to be trained in righteousness. And so if we feel a little pain from time to time, count it all joy. You're an heir of God the Father. You're a co-heir with Jesus Christ, the living word. Suffering is not an evidence that God's turned his back on you. And moreover, the Holy Spirit, in conjunction with our spirit, does what? The Holy Spirit testifies with our spirit. The the Holy Spirit brings an assurance to us, a confidence, a certainty, by which we can declare, God, you are my Father. Our conviction is is made certain by the Holy Spirit. And with that assurance, with that confidence, you can say, Abba, I am your child. You are my father. I'm not an orphan. Thank you. I'm not a servant. I'm not a slave. I am yours. I'm your child. I've been welcomed into your family. You might have heard some ask, have you ever received the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues? Speaking in tongues is a gift of the Holy Spirit. A word of knowledge is a gift of the Holy Spirit. Prophecy, speaking of prophecy, is a gift of the Holy Spirit. And I want to just tell you, we desire the gifts of the Holy Spirit here at Bethesda Christian Church. I want to exercise the spiritual gifts. I want the Holy Spirit to move among us and to work through us. And to give gifts as he sees fit. But there is an evidence. There is an evidence beyond these giftings. There is a great evidence of the Holy Spirit in us. 
And it's when the Holy Spirit testifies with our spirit. It's when the Holy Spirit gives us that great confidence, that wonderful assurance, that we can declare without equivocation, I am yours, Abba, save me. Have you ever struggled with just being that open with God? Have you ever had difficulty approaching God? You've prayed so many times, but it seems he's not listening. Lord, what's going on? Or you, you do have this great confidence, but you, you, know, you want to take the opportunity to just say, Abba, Abba, thank you, I'm yours. You want to cry out. I just want to invite you to these altars this morning. These altars are open. And our elders and our ministers are going to come for you to be prayed for this morning. If you have a physical need, we want to pray for you. We want to pray for you always for physical needs. But if you have a spiritual need, we want to pray. If you need more of an assurance of the Holy Spirit, you want to be prayed for to receive more of the Holy Spirit, you come this morning. If you can't truly say in your heart without equivocation, if you can't say it with confidence, with assurance, I am yours, then you come on down here. Don't miss the opportunity to pray with someone and receive an assurance of the Holy Spirit. Jesus said, if earthly fathers will do something good for their child, how much more our Heavenly Father will give the Holy Spirit to them who ask? So elders and ministers, come. Come and fill these altars. And all of you this morning, if you need a touch, if you need a, a blessing from the Holy Spirit, you want God to do something for you, and you just have been maybe holding back a little bit, or you just want to reiterate a prayer you've already prayed, take the time this morning. It's an opportunity, and we don't want to uh, rush out of here. We want to take the time to pray. Father, Abba, thank you, God. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Father, bring down your Holy Spirit. Lord, may we truly hear this morning your Spirit testifying with the spirits of all in this sanctuary. Lord, that they have the confidence, the assurance, the conviction that we're yours. We're not lost to sin. We're not slaves to the world. We belong to you. God, I just pray you'd grant it. Move through these aisles, Holy Spirit. Come, come, Holy Spirit, like a, like a gentle wind and move through this, these aisles. Come with your fire to burn out what needs to be taken out, God. We just pray that you'd be here. Be with each one of these elders and ministers, Lord, as they pray the prayer of faith. Lord, may it be effective for all who come. We just ask it in Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, God. Thank you, God, for the great presence of your Holy Spirit here this morning. We thank you. God, it's refreshing to be in your spirit, in the presence of your Holy Spirit. We thank you for the refreshing work your spirit does. Thank you, God, Father Abba. Thank you that we are children and we're heirs to your kingdom. Thank you. God bless everyone in this sanctuary this morning as they go. 
Bless them and may your hand of blessing rest with them this week, God. And all that they have to do, please go before each one. Be behind them, surround them. God, set your holy angels in charge over each one to keep them in all their ways. And we thank you, we thank you, we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen.